Now turn with me first to Acts chapter 10. We continue with our series on Acts 10:38. So turn to Acts 10:38 and then to Matthew 8, 1 to 4. Acts chapter 10, 38. Let's read together. One, two, go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now turn with me to an example of Jesus going about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through to 4. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through to 4. Are we all there? Okay. Let's read together. One, two, go. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Last week we looked at this very scripture, and we explained, Father in heaven we pray and ask, that even so today, that as we spend time with your word, that this word will be life and health to all our flesh. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We explained last week that the leper here was representative of the sinner. And that leprosy, we said, was symbolical of sin and the effect of sin. Why? Because Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So in the leper, we see a representative of all sinners. And in the leprosy, we see the effects of sin. As leprosy is sickness, it is ailment, it is disease, that will eventually cause death. Now because of this condition, because of the leprosy that this particular man had, a number of things happened to him. One, he was treated as an outcast. Because in those Bible days, they said he was unclean. Anybody he came in contact with would be, be defiled. So nobody wanted to come in contact with him. And because of that, he could not lead a normal life. He had to be outside where people were. He was cast out, as it were, to live among the dead. He could not stay in the place where the living were. That reduced him to a beggar because he could not really have a means of livelihood. He couldn't work and make money. Now, what I want us to understand, and I'm going to preach it and we all know it in our sleeps, is that salvation is not just that I'm saved. There are many things that are attached to salvation. The moment that he is pronounced cleansed by Jesus, all the effects of sin immediately are removed. The moment Jesus says to him, you are 
cleansed. You are no longer a leper. All the effects of leprosy disappear completely. Go back to Matthew 8 in verse 2. We find him there coming with very little faith and saying, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Verse 3, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And the Bible says, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. If leprosy is a manifestation of the effect of sin, remember that Romans 5, 12 tells us that because of one man, sin came. And because of sin, death came. Do you understand? Now, we have a situation here where sin is taken away, and the effect of sin is also removed. Leprosy, which is incipient death, is removed. The sinner always will carry the manifestation of sin. It is because of sin, you see, it is because of sin that we are, as it were, exposed to sickness and disease. If there were no sin, then no ailment can latch upon you. Sickness, generally, is just the manifestation of the fact of sin. Do you understand me? Now, so if we have a situation whereby disease, sickness, and all the things that go wrong in life can only come through sin, once salvation comes into place, that door is shut. And once that door is shut, then those things cannot find themselves in our lives. Once we are saved, truly saved. There are many people who say they are saved who are not saved. And they will find out eventually, albeit too late, that it is worthwhile to be sure that we are saved. Isaiah 53.5, the Bible says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So we see the value of salvation. Once salvation comes into place, then in that salvation, in that atonement, we have healing. We have wealth. We have strength. We have long life. We have so many things that come upon us just because we are saved. Second Corinthians 8, 9, the Bible says, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye might through his poverty be rich. We are rich because Jesus paid the price for sin. Not the other way around. So salvation brings along with it a lot of good things. When did Jesus become poor? He became poor when he went to the cross. So that very, very inherent in salvation are a lot of things God has put in place, but which are not yet manifest in the lives of Christians, largely due to ignorance. Now, what are all those things that God has put in place? They are inherent in the seven redemptive names of God, of Jesus. Put up those names, please. The seven redemptive names. I mentioned them on Friday at the night vigil. Jehovah Shammah says, The Lord is present. 
So we are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can write them down and check them again. Because this is important to understand this. Okay? There's Jehovah Shalom, which says that the Lord is our peace. And we know that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. One of the things that we must have once we are saved is peace. And the best way I can describe peace is a deep-seated assurance that because God will always be on his throne, nothing can really go wrong with my life. Do you understand? So no matter what I see, there is that confidence that God is on his throne. Jehovah Raha or Jehovah Rohi, which says, the Lord is our shepherd. And the Bible tells us in John 10, 11, that Jesus is the good shepherd that gave up his life for the sheep. So that when I'm saved, do you understand me? The Lord will always be my shepherd. It doesn't matter what I face. He will always prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and there's nothing they can do about it. Then there is Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord will provide an offering you see that in Genesis 22, verse 8. And Jesus Christ himself was the offering provided on Calvary. And for that reason, Romans 8.32 says that God, who gave up Jesus Christ for us when we are sinners, how will he not freely, therefore, give us all things? If he can give up Jesus for you, what is it, therefore, that he cannot give up? Is it a promotion? Is it health that he cannot give, give you? If he has already given Jesus, that's the ultimate. Everything else in life, God will give you. There's Jehovah Nisi, which says the Lord our banner, or the Lord our victor. The Bible tells us that he spoiled principalities and powers on the cross. So witches and wizards have no power over us because I am saved. Jehovah Sidkenu is the Lord our righteousness. And by the sacrifice on the cross, Jesus has opened the way for every sinner to receive the gift of righteousness. We are all who are born again, the righteousness of God in Christ. And finally, Jehovah Rapha. That's the Lord our healer, the Lord our physician. This name is revealed in the atonement itself. Because Matthew 8, 17 says himself took all our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So on the cross, when Jesus was paying the price for salvation, taking sin away, he was also taking the effects of sin away. Do you understand? So that in the death of Jesus, we have seven attributes of these seven redemptive names. What I want us to do is you spend some time and look at each of those names. And you'll be surprised that there might be just one that addresses everything that concerns you. Today we are going to concern ourselves basically with the benefit of healing. And not much else. The benefit of just healing. Now, look at Matthew chapter 8. It says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. 
And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now something interesting was going on here. How did all of this happen? Because see, the word of God can never be broken. Let me show you that which happened in the spirit realm. When Jesus said, I will be thou clean, and he touched him. Turn with me to Leviticus 14. What you find is Jesus' statement and touch suddenly replaced a lot of things as listed in Leviticus 14. Leviticus 14, I'll read very quickly the first eight verses. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, shall, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave up all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall continue unto the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days." That's exactly what was going on when Jesus said, I will be thou clean. Instead of going through all of this process, Jesus replaced it with simply, I will be thou clean, and then he touched him. Let me explain a bit about all of that. What exactly is the significance of what I have just read in Leviticus 14, 1 to 8? The Bible says, when a leper is to be cleansed, they shall take the leper to the priest. And the priest will take the leper out of the camp. That movement out of the camp is symbolical of Jesus dying outside of Jerusalem. And then the Bible says he will take a number of things on behalf of this, of the leper. Two clean living birds. Cedar wood, which represents the cross, scarlet, which represents the pains of Jesus, and hyssop, which represents faith. The two living birds are representative of Jesus. One of them will be killed, the Bible says, in an earthen vessel over running water. The bird that is killed in the earthen vessel over running water is representative of Jesus dying in an earthen vessel, Jesus dying in the human form. Overrunning water simply means that he died in accordance with scripture. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. I just want to show that to you. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, Paul says, For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received how 
Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. Jesus Christ did not just die anyhow. He died according to scripture. So when you see overrunning water, water generally always refers to the word of God in the Bible. So he says Jesus died according to scripture. That first bird was killed in an earthen vessel. The earthen vessel there represents the body, the human form that Jesus Christ had taken upon himself. And he died there according to scripture. The second bird was released after being dipped into the blood. That represents the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you find that in all of this, hidden in Leviticus 14, verses 1 to 8, you have a number of things that have to happen if a leper was going to be cleansed. And Jesus Christ, in pronouncing that leper clean, was saying, I'm overriding all of these things. All these ceremonies are fulfilled in, in me. I'm going to be the perfect submission of all these things that people used to do. For they will not need to do them again. Now the interesting thing about this is, once the leper is pronounced clean, leprosy actually disappeared from his body. So that you have a situation, and all of us must understand this well. Because once you understand it well, it will guide you as you go through life. If certain things happen, you will know that this should not happen because I am saved. See, once I am pronounced saved, that is, I have accepted the salvation of Jesus, I have accepted the sacrifice on the cross, then a lot of the problems of life have nothing to do with me again. When I see them, I ought to query them. I will not be like the leper that says, if thou will. That is to say, well, Jesus might decide that he doesn't want to heal him. And that's not true because, go back to Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, let me read from verse 14. It says, And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose immediately, she arose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were oppressed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. He healed how many? All that were sick. Because once there is salvation, remember that the Bible says, and his name shall be called what? Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So the sacrifice on the cross took away sin. And the Bible tells us that sin was the doorway whereby death came in. So if the door is shut, death can no longer come in. And understand that death is the end of a spectrum that starts with a mild thing like even just a headache. Now, I said hisop there represents faith. Do you understand? Why? Because it is hisop that was used to apply the blood. For you and I today, hisop represents faith. If you turn to Exodus chapter 12, turn with me there. 
verse 22. Let's read together. Exodus 12:22. Are we all there? One, two, go. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. That hyssop for us today represents faith. And one good thing that I can say about Nigerians, if Nigerians have faith, they have faith in the blood of Jesus. Once we have faith, we have faith in the blood of Jesus. And thank God for that. How do you apply the blood of Jesus? Just simply by faith. Just the same way that you were saved and your life has been changing daily. You see, once I'm saved, something must happen. My life will never remain the same. The things I used to do, I will do them no more. And once you see that change, if you are saved and you are still doing everything you used to do, that your salvation is very doubtful. Very, very doubtful. And you have a responsibility to yourself to make sure that you are saved. Truly. Because once I'm saved, there is the power of God that comes upon me that helps me to leave aside all the things that I used to do. So that's one way you can know that ah, something indeed has happened. Now look at this leper. One of the key things about his salvation, the key thing about taking away his sin is that he was sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. How many times? Seven times. The relevance of that to you and I who are here today is that Jesus, in paying the price for our sin, in paying the price for our salvation, he sprinkled his blood seven times. Put that slide also up so that you can copy all of that information. First time you see that is in Luke 22, verse 44. It says, And being in an agony, he proved, he prayed more earnestly. Okay, I don't, you don't have that. Do you have that? You don't have it. It's okay, don't worry. The first time we see it is in his sweat. Luke 22, 44. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Number two, his face. Isaiah 50, verse 6 says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. One of the things that we don't see is that Jesus, they pulled his beard by force until the beard came off. So if you pull anybody who has a beard, try and pull the hair from the person's face now, you will see some blood. Three, his head. Matthew 27, verse 29 says, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand and bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. The moment they put the crown of thorns upon his head, they pierced his skin and blood came out. His back, Matthew 27, 26, they released he Barabbas unto them when he had scourged Jesus. He delivered him to be crucified. The scourging of Jesus is when he was beaten. Forty strokes for you and I. The fifth and the sixth time, his hands and his feet. Psalm 22 verse 16. For dogs have compassed me 
the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. The seventh time that he shed his blood, he sighed. John 19.34 But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. So Jesus went through... One of the things many people don't understand about um, the sufferings of Jesus is that when he was put upon the cross, they had practically removed every single drop of blood that was in him. He poured out his blood for you and I. Now, listen carefully. Follow me here. So when Jesus said to the leper, I will be thou clean, and he touched him. All we read in Leviticus 14 had been taken care of by one, his statement and his touch. Everything you read in Leviticus 14 had been taken care of. All of that had happened, as it were, spiritually. Now, the relevance of all of that for you and I is simply that when we accept the gift of salvation, listen carefully, God will not just put Jesus through all of that only so that you can say, I've been saved. Because his word is so clear. It says, as by one man came in, what? Sin. And death by sin. When I take care of the sin, I take care of what? The effects of sin also. Now go back with me to Leviticus 14. In fact, before we look at it, I want to show you that there are a number of things that happen the moment you become born again. Once you become born again, a number of things ought to happen because that leper was not just cleansed by the sprinkling of the blood. Immediately that happened, the next thing that happened was that an anointing came upon him. But because we understand what has happened, that Jesus shed his blood seven times for you and I, one of the key things I find in the Bible in Exodus chapter 12, because I want us to pray that prayer very quickly before we go on. Exodus chapter 12. Look at verse 13. And let's read together verse 13. Just verse 13. One, two, go. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. One of the things about the blood of Jesus is that it protects completely and totally. Here the Bible says, because of the application of the blood of Jesus, that the plague will not light upon the homes of the children of Israel. Do you understand? So let's lift up our voices very quickly and briefly and just plead the blood of Jesus over us. Each person here, plead the blood of Jesus over your spirit, your soul, your body, your homes, your family your place of work, you're going out, you're coming in, the vehicles that you drive, the routes you travel through, plead the blood of Jesus. Why? And tell the Lord that because his word says that on account of the blood of Jesus, no plague, no accident, nothing bad will light upon you. Father, we plead the precious eternal blood of Jesus today, even upon each and every one of us. We say, Lord God Almighty, look upon us today and see only the blood. Almighty God in heaven, it is written that on the account of the blood of Jesus, that no plague shall light upon us, upon our homes, upon our businesses, upon our place of work, upon the vehicles we drive, 
upon our going out and coming in. Lord, we say thank you, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we say we are grateful, grateful, grateful for the sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for spilling your blood seven times on our behalf. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We can never thank you enough, but we say thank you today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over our spirit, soul, and body. Over our health, almighty God. Over every tissue, every cell, every organ, Lord, in our body. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus. And so it is and shall be. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Rise to your feet. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Wonder walking power 
in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us here. We say, Lord God Almighty, that blood that has overcome Satan and the world, let it overcome every device of Satan concerning us. For his devices are to steal, to kill, to destroy. But we say, Lord, on account of the blood of Jesus, that no plague shall light upon us. No plague shall light upon our homes. No plague shall light upon our families. No plague shall light upon our businesses. Oh, mighty God, say no plague shall light upon our place of work. Amen. Look down upon us and see only the blood, Lord. Amen. So it is and shall be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated. Go back to Matthew 8. The Bible says, Jesus Christ said, I will be thou clean and touched him. The touch of Jesus is representative of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now turn with me again to Leviticus 14. Because you see, the thing about God is, is very, very it, it, there are no mistakes anywhere. No mistakes in the word of God. I'll read verses, if I, let's read together Leviticus 14. Let's read verses 14 through to 18. 14 through to 18. Are we all there? One, two, go. And the priest shall take of the same of the blood, some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the great toe of the right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil, and pour it onto the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil, and it is in his left hand, and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And of the rest of the oil that is in his right hand shall the priest put on the tip of the right ear of him that is cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot and upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. So we find that when the blood comes, the anointing also comes. The moment I accept the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that is, I accept the sacrifice of the pouring out of his blood on my behalf, one thing happens immediately. The anointing of God comes upon me. The, this leper, the moment the priest pronounces him clean, the Bible says the priest takes some of the blood and puts it on his ear, his um, right thumb, and his right toe, the big right toe. All of that simply signifying, one, a consecration unto the Lord. Remember that the reason why you and I are saved is so that we may serve him. That is, we may be set aside unto Jesus and do nothing else. The blood on the ear, you will only hear him. How do you hear him? You pay diligent heed to his word. Your hands 
are to be used for his work. Your feet are to be used for the spreading of the gospel of peace. And the moment that happens, the Bible tells us that the priest now takes the anointing oil and anoints this man's ear again. The blood had first gone on the ear, remember? Then the oil comes on the ear. When the oil comes on the ear, the oil goes onto his, his um, thumb and goes also onto his beak too. All the places that the blood touches, the oil goes onto. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is what? Is the power of God. So the anointing of God comes upon you so that you are able, as it were, to live that life of service unto the Lord. So that when Jesus touched this man, as I said, everything that, has, that we've read in Leviticus 14, he has, as it were, set aside and said, I am he in whom all of those things actually stand. And then the touch, the final touch, is that anointing that comes upon the man and gives him that strength to live the life that God wants him to live. And notice that over and above all, after the oil has been put on his ear, on his thumb, and on his big toe, the Bible says the rest of the oil was now poured all over his head. Remember that our main text is how God anointed who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? And with power. And he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So the Holy Ghost, the power of God, is available to do what? To do good, to heal all those who are oppressed of the devil. Isaiah 10.27 speaks of the fact that, and it shall come to pass in that day. In that day. That day is fulfilled in Jesus. And his burden shall be taken from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And many of us as Christians go around thinking that we need deliverance, we need deliverance, true deliverance. You see, one of the things that happens to the leper, after he has shaved his head, the Bible says he will do what? He will wash himself and be clean. The only way you can wash yourself is by spending time in the word of God. John 15 verse 3, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, Now ye are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. Real, true deliverance lies in that. I went to preach somewhere yesterday and a few people ran after me and they had, you know, serious problems they wanted to discuss. One gentleman said to me, I, I'm brilliant. Each time I'm walking somewhere, the place depends on me. Then suddenly something will just go wrong and it will leave. I go somewhere else, the same thing happens. The place will not be able to do anything without me. Suddenly something happens and I will leave. So he thinks that ah, there must be something down the line. And it's been, been happening to him all the time like that. And he said to me, so what do I think? I said, first of all, you don't need deliverance. I said, how many times have you done deliverance? Many. He had done deliverance many. I said, and the problem is still there. I said, there's a little lesson God wants you to learn. And that little lesson that Christians don't give up. I said, you don't give up. I said, each time something happens, you will just pack up your bag and go. Why can't you stand and fight? I said, why can't you stand and fight? 
I say it's not God is not happy if somebody comes and slaps you. You just say, okay, let me leave. I go somewhere else. You go somewhere else. Somebody comes, plays a prank on you, pack again. I say, for how you keep on packing your load until you learn how to stand and fight. I said, it's not deliverance you need. It's realizing who you are. And knowing that the children of the devil have no right to push you around. I said, until you learn that lesson, I said, you can keep, you yourself, I said, you do deliverance. Keep doing deliverance. You won't solve the problem. You know, deliverance is not, and I don't know what people know, think deliverance is. They think deliverance is um, always casting something out of them. Come out, come out. What is your name? Deliverance is reading this word of God and just spending time in it. The enemy cannot stay where the word of God is. Goes forth. I still, till today, play the Bible on tape when I go to bed. It's good to fill your house with the word of God. It is. It cleanses the place. Jesus says his words have cleansing power. And we say that when you see water in the Bible, it is referring to what? The word of God. Now, let's look at the touch of Jesus. God has given us the Holy Spirit so that every day life will be lived in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in your strength. Not in your strength. One of the things I want us all to learn how to say, whenever we are doing anything, just open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, help me. And he will help you. In fact, that, you see, that's his assignment. He can't change. His name is Comforter, Helper. But if we disregard him, there's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. Everybody say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Yes. That's the assignment of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Ezekiel 36. And see that after salvation comes anointing immediately. Ezekiel 36. Let's read from verse 26 to 27. One, two, go. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I'll take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I'll give you an heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. When I am saved, God does a number of things. That's why I say we change. You must change because one, he gives you a new heart. The next thing he does is he puts upon you the Holy Spirit. The anointing that enables you to do all the right things. That's why we said, let's pray and tell God that we will attend to his word. Because some people hear the word of God and they do nothing. They just stay where they are. Do all the things that they've been doing. They're going to be surprised very shortly. What I want us to do today, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, and then we'll do something interesting. Remember that faith is an integral part of salvation. 
Ephesians chapter 1, turn with me to verse 13. Let's read it together. Verse 13, 1, 2, go. In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you see, after salvation comes what? The power of God, the Holy Spirit. And once the Holy Spirit is upon us, it's just that sometimes, because we don't know, so we never really ask for him to help us. He's always there to help us. And one of the ways to bring in the Holy Spirit into our assistance is to spend some time in the place of worship. Let us all rise, because we want the Holy Spirit to touch each person that is here today, and he will touch you. So I want you to rise to your feet, just lift up your voices, and call him by his names. Call him by his names, and just ask him to come upon you today. Call him by all his names. Invite him into your life. Tell him that he is your comforter, and that he should come and help you. And earnestly ask him to help you today. Spirit of the living God, we invite you, we invite you, we invite you here today into our midst. We say, come upon each and every one of us. Come as the Spirit of Christ. Come because you are the Spirit of God. Come as God the Holy Ghost. Come Holy Spirit. Come as the Spirit of burning. Come even so today as the Spirit of judgment. Come Holy Spirit as the Spirit of life. Come as the Spirit of truth. You alone are the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation. You alone, Holy Spirit, are the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Come today as our comforter. We ask you, come and help us. Come and help us. You are a helper. You are a helper. You are a helper. We can't do anything except you help us. Come and help each person that is here today. We invite you, we invite you, we invite you into our midst. We say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come today and do that which only you can do. Yes, because it is written that you are he who seals us. We are here today. We have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We ask that you will come upon us. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come. Come at the spirit of promise. Come at the spirit of adoption. Come today and seal each one of us. Come today and empower us. Oh yes, come, come. Come and help each one of us here today. Come, come, Holy Spirit. We invite you, we invite you, we invite you, we invite you. Oh, we invite you as our comforter, as our helper. Come today and do that which you alone can do. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, come, Holy Spirit, come. Depending on you, we're depending on you to see us through. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through. Holy Spirit, we're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through. Holy Spirit, we're depending on you. 
We're depending on you to see us through. Precious Jesus, depending on you. Depending on you to see us through, precious Jesus. Oh, we're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through, Abba Father. We're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through. Abba Father, we're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through. Holy Spirit, we're depending on you. We're depending on you to see us through. Spirit of the Lord, come down. Let the Spirit of the Lord come down. Let the Spirit of the Lord from heaven come down. Let the Spirit of the Lord 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 from heaven come down. Let the Spirit of the Lord come down. Let the power of the Lord come down. Let the power of the Lord come down. Let the power The power of the Lord come down. Let the glory of the Lord come down. Let the glory of the Lord come down. Let the glory. 
lift up your right hand unto the Holy Spirit and then you who are here, lift up your voice unto him and say, Holy Spirit, you are my comforter, you are my helper. Please anoint this hand of mine today. Lift up that hand unto say, anoint this hand of mine today. Anoint this hand of mine today so that everything that I lay it upon will prosper. Everything I lay it upon will come under the power and the influence of your Holy Spirit. Spirit of living God, anoint this hand. Anoint this hand. Just wait. Spirit of living God, God the Holy Ghost, you are the Spirit of God, you are the Spirit of Christ. We lift up our hands unto you today. We say, anoint these hands of ours. Each one of us, touch us even now, Holy Spirit. Touch us, touch us now. Anoint us as only you can. Yes, anoint us, anoint us, anoint us, Holy Spirit. Yes, anoint us, each one of us. Anoint these hands, so that from this day on, all we lay these hands upon will prosper. From this day on, everything that we lay these hands upon will come under your power. Even so today, let it be Holy Spirit. Anoint, anoint, anoint these hands of us. We lift up our hands unto you, Holy Spirit. Unto you and you alone and no one else. Unto you, unto you alone, Holy Spirit, we lift up our hands. Oh, Spirit of living God, touch each one of us here today. Touch each one of us here today. Touch us even so with your power today. Touch us even so with your power today. Touch us, Holy Spirit. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will touch us, Holy Spirit. Anoint these hands. Anoint these hands. Oh, we ask in the name that above all names. You alone are the eternal spirit. You alone are the spirit of life. Anoint these hands, even as we lift them up unto you. Oh, spirit of living God. Yes, anoint these hands. Anoint these hands. Anoint these hands, even as we lift them up unto you. Yes, anoint our hands, each one of us here today. Yes, Holy Spirit. Oh, let these hands never be the same again. Never, 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 never be the same again. Yes, yes, anoint these hands. Anoint these hands. Anoint these hands, Holy Spirit. Even so as we lift these hands before you. We say, let your power fill these hands. Oh, yes, let your power fill these hands. Let your power fill these hands. Touch us here today. Touch us as only you can. Spirit of living God, it is you we call upon. You and no one else. You, you, you and no one else. You, you, you and no one else. Now lift up your voice and just speak. Speak in tongues. Lift up your hands and speak in tongues your voice. Mandezekete la kata yade, la sakila kata yade, la zakama zakata, 
Rasoto lekete seke barika bayakata mando zokoto lekete barikata seke marakata yade bayaka bakata maeda mando zokoto rekete lekete balikata maikata yada kaika bayakata la seke malikata yade Mazaki bayakata yade Zeke balakata yade Hallelujah Hallelujah And so shall it be Now listen to carefully to me Now place that hand on your head Some people were placing their hands on their head Instead of lifting up their hands Place the hand on your head And let's just spend some time and worship the Lord Thank you. 